I might come up with a hundred ways to solve a problem and 99 of them might not work, right? It's a vulnerable thing, similar to writing a memo, to put your idea out there. And it's very easy for the other people who you're presenting this idea to, to find a thousand reasons why it won't work. I'm Johnny Page. I'm Matt Verlech. And this is the South County Podcast. All right, Matt Burlack, I got my coffee, you got the clip, and we're doing a new style of episode today where we've got Jeff Bezos as a guest on the SaaS Academy podcast, (laughs) (laughs) or as close to it as we're going to get, at least, you know, for the foreseeable future, but I'm not ruling it out as a possibility that one day Jeff will join us, but for right now, someone on our team, actually producer one of the producers of the podcast joe marilla dropped this clip in our slack channel the other day and it got a good you know internal conversation going about how they run meetings at amazon so i figured it'd be fun for us to bring that clip on let's get jeff here as close to in person as we're going to get him at this point in time and let's you know hear how they run their meetings at amazon and then talk about you know, what of what he has shared applies to early stage SaaS companies and what is maybe better off left to, to Amazon. So let's roll the clip and then we'll, we'll jam. Cool. I love it, man. Here we go. We'll start with a six page narratively structured memo mm-hmm. and we do study hall for 30 minutes. We sit there silently together in the meeting and read, I love take this. notes in the margins. Mm-hmm. And then we, then we discuss. And the reason, by the way, we do study, you could say, I would like everybody to read these memos in advance, but the problem is people don't have time to do that. Mm -hmm. And they end up coming to the meeting, having only skimmed the memo, or maybe not read it at all. And they're trying to catch up and they're also bluffing like they were in college, having pretended to do the reading. (laughs) It's better just to carve out the time for people. So now we're all on the same page. We've all read the memo. And now we can have a really elevated discussion. And this is so much better from having a slideshow presentation, you know, a PowerPoint presentation of some kind where that has so many difficulties. But one of the problems is PowerPoint is really designed to persuade. It's kind of a sales tool. And internally, the last thing you want to do is sell. You want to, again, you're truth seeking. You're trying to find truth. And the other problem with PowerPoint is it's easy for the author and hard for the audience. Mm-hmm. And a memo is the opposite. It's hard to write a six-page memo. A good six-page memo might take two weeks to write. Mm-hmm. You have to write it. You have to rewrite it. You have to edit it. You have to talk to people about it. They have to poke holes in it for you. You write it again. It might take two weeks. So the author, it's really a very difficult job. But for the audience, it's much better. So you can read a half hour and... You know, there are little problems with PowerPoint presentations too. You know, senior executives interrupt with questions halfway through the presentation. That question's going to be answered on the next slide, but you never got there. Whereas if you read the whole memo in advance, you, you know, I often write lots of questions that I have in the margins of these memos. And then I go cross them all out because by the time I get to the end of the memo, they've been answered. That's why I save all that time. You also get, you know, if the person who's preparing the memo, we talked earlier about um you know group think and you know the fact that i go last in meetings and that you don't want you know to your ideas to kind of pollute the meeting prematurely um you know 
the author of the memo is, is, has, has kind of got to be very vulnerable. They've got to put all their thoughts out yeah. there and they've got to go first, but that's great because it makes them really good. And so, and you get to see their real ideas and you're not trampling on them accidentally in a big, you know, PowerPoint presentation. It's definitely a episode worth checking out. It's Alex Friedman podcast, but Matt, he dropped some some bombs in there. I got a few that I love to jam on. What what stood out to you? I'm still furiously writing notes. So, like for context, anyone following along, I started this podcast this morning on my way to my founder's hike, but I had, didn't yet reach this part. So I'm like I, literally taking this in for the first time on this interview right now. What stood out for me? So there's a couple of things. Like we know the nickname you've graciously bestowed upon me, the writer downer, <laughs> right? So like this is right up my alley personally. Uh, in the thing that I wrestle with, which is I can't wait to talk about with you, is just like I think there's, I think it's easy to see the benefits of doing it this way. But I think the part that is not been unearthed, right, is what are the points of resistance inside of a company that would stop you from being able to effectively implement this? Is like question number one, and then question two is what's the appropriate size to implement, like company size to implement a, a process like this? Because I, I can't imagine like if Johnny and Matt are co-founding a SaaS company. And it's literally Johnny and Matt. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to write a six-page memo to like riff on an idea with you. Um, yeah. But like in our current company right now, I, I would love to adapt more of a process like this. So that's yeah. what's on my mind. A lot of, a lot well, of stuff we can talk about. But. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the right time to do it, look, what's, you, what's true about the Amazon team that is this operating in this capacity is they have full-time executives and even teams that are purely dedicated to strategic work. Yeah. Like this is all that they do. They are not wearing multiple hats. They are responsible for taking in information, surveying the market, and making very high leverage decisions. So for this to be how they operate makes sense. But there are times when we are doing that at every company is doing that. They just for a shorter period of time, it's not all you do. So yeah. I think the principle at play here is when we are making big decisions, we think through them and we do it and then we make a decision. I loved his point on we are truth seeking. Yes. I, I immediately, when he said that to me, I'm like, man, how many times have I actually been like trying to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to farm for dissent, but I'm actually selling the team on the idea. Yeah, you're trying to convince I someone. A, I do a pretty good job of selling them. It's like, I actually didn't get, what I wanted was my idea to get stronger right. or to be beat up and not to do it if it's not the right idea. But because I'm selling it, the form I'm delivering the idea it actually, I don't get what I'm after. So I think that for no matter what stage, if it was just you and I, it's when you and I are making a decision, we decide to write things down, fully flush out the argument Yeah. in addition to having a conversation. But we do the written part first so that all of the ideas get out there. And I think it gets us to our conversation to the point where it is constructive, you know, in a way that just having the conversation doesn't allow. Yeah, I think the truth seeking part's really important and I honestly think that we can, you know, ourselves in our current company we can do a better job probably anchoring everyone around like the premise of truth seeking versus convincing. There's a there's an example, I saw a clip of this on social media where he give, Jeff gives an example of this, right? Where he says, basically says like compromise is the laziest form of conflict resolution, right? And his example is like how tall is the ceiling? I say it's 12 feet, you say it's 11 feet. Let's just agree on 11 and a half feet. It's like, it's insane, right? It's how tall it is. Go get a tape measure and figure it out. And like applying that principle to everything, I think it's a very 
it's a very freeing thing. But the other part that that really hit, and I'm going to tie it back to something he said earlier in this podcast from the half that I did get to listen to, was around like the vulnerability of putting the idea out there, right? Because Lex had asked him a question earlier, which is, you know, you seem to be a really great strategic thinker and problem solver. Like, how do you think? Do you have a process for thinking about ideas? And you know, Jeff's approach was essentially like, I might come up with a hundred ways to solve a problem and 99 of them might not work, right? But there's one that might work, but it's a vulnerable thing, similar to writing a memo to put your idea out there. And it's very easy for the other people who you're presenting this idea to, to find a thousand reasons why it won't work, right? And so part of what Jeff says he does in those meetings is he'll like prime the other people in the group to say, hey, like, I know there's a thousand reasons we could say that this won't work, but like, I think there's something here, like Mm -hmm. work with me. Let's try to discuss maybe how it could work. Right. And just like index a little bit more towards optimism. And I think that that same like thought process would apply to this because it is super vulnerable to like put all your thoughts out on a memo. Right. Cause like my gut is like, I want to write this memo, but I want to also call Johnny like halfway through and be like, Hey man, what do you think about this? You know? And it's like, I don't know how to reconcile that yet. Yeah. I I definitely look what, I think this has inspired you and I quite a bit, and we're going to figure out ways that we, what, what's the SAS Academy version of doing yeah. this? So I don't know, maybe we come back and, and do a, a reaction to our implementation of a version. Like, I don't, I don't think we're going to be doing six page memos. Um, I, I was like, I, maybe if you included, like how hard would it be to get to six pages? I feel like you have to have a lot of, you know, contingency plans in there and answers to FAQs. I guess that if you are, if you're depending on the size of the challenge and the alternatives, you could probably get to six pages. I'd love to see like, there's probably a structure. You don't just, yeah. the obligation isn't six pages. There's probably like, you you know, the thesis goes up front. There's probably mm-hmm. a structure to it. I'd love to see the outline. I bet if we did enough digging online, we'd probably get to see an example of one of these things. But it's yeah, so man, funny I that you say that, brother. Like, I feel like I would have the opposite problem. I'm, you're like, how do I fill up six pages? I'm like, how do I fit it into six pages? You know, and I'm, <laughs> this I'm is why we work like, well together. <laughs> yeah, right. Because to me, I'm thinking like for this to be effective, there's probably got to be a data component behind it, right? And so I, I would imagine there's got to be an appendix, right? Where it's like, you're going to fit the must read <laughs> into the six pages but if you want to know like why why did i say this conclusion instead of it being matt's opinion there's probably some kind of chart or graph or whatever in the back to like justify the shit i'm saying up front so yeah that's so funny yeah i'm on the opposite of the spectrum where does my spreadsheet go (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the question behind the question (laughs) yeah you know what i love though from this too that kind of broke my brain a little bit in a good way is PowerPoint is easy for the author and harder for the audience. And the memo is the opposite, right? Like, yeah, I've never looked at it in that frame, right? Like, am I doing what's convenient for me by building a slide deck instead of doing what's better for you guys to seek the truth, right? Is putting the truth in paper and it's, it's harder, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. This will be fun. I think we, we should play around with this. We've got a, a really nimble and capable senior leadership team who I think would be down for for us to explore. I think the next big fork in the road we get to, we're going to try our own version of, you know, producing a a six page memo and see how it transforms the discussion. We we've played around with iterations of this, of doing more in writing. Like we've realized that what you say, people don't always hear. 
how unfortunately unreliable verbal communication is. And so we've gone a few notches towards writing things down more, but most of the times it's in summary of the conversation that we've had. Yeah. But I think that there's a way to do it on the front end so that we get to the good part of the conversation earlier on. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to play around with this super, uh, a really good clip. I'm excited to listen to the rest of the interview. And it was the first time I really heard Jeff Bezos talking. I, I've heard a lot about him and what they've accomplished at Amazon, but cool to, to hear a little bit from him on how they've created uh, a company that has, I mean, arguably achieved something that has never been done before. Yeah, no doubt. All right, man, I'm committed. We're going to test this in January. I, uh, I actually have a big decision I'm wrestling with um, in one of our product lines. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to write a memo, Johnny, and you're going to read it. It's going to be great. Let's go. I'm or, excited. Or not. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Matt. Good jamming. Thanks for joining cool. us, Jeff. Amazing stuff. <laughs> it was amazing how easy it was to get him to come on the podcast. It was great. So, so willing and able. <laughs> yeah, awesome. it was awesome. All right, man. We'll talk cool. soon.